welcome back for episode 18 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on February 17th, 2016 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have our recently returned home-traveling art guru, Justin Sane0516. Great to be home. Next up is the third member of our merry little band, the defender of the cult of Pan, and a man who might be finding a division in his playtime, Steeman Willie Beeman. Pay and be with you. <laughs> and with you as well. The topic of today's <laughs> chat is going to be a dive into the lore behind Lord Saladin and the Iron Banner. Before we get into that, however, I want to run through just some quick notes. Our last chat was over the Exo Stranger. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts on it, please be sure to check out our Podbean site at focusfirechat.podbean.com for archives of all previous chats. You can also find us on iTunes by searching for Focus Fire Chat in the podcast section of the Apple Store. If you guys don't mind, please be sure to give us a review over there if you use that program. We are also have been approved on Google Play Podcast app and are waiting for that to become available for everyone. So if you're more of a fan of the Androids than the Apples, keep an eye out on that front. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday at about 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who were unable to participate. The topic for next week's chat will be over Dregden Yor and Jaren Ward. Now, with that all taken care of, let's talk about the Lord Salad Bar and that Iron Banana. (laughs) Let us... All right, let's see. We're going to start here off with the... You want to go with Iron Banner? I'm going to go ahead and go with the Ishtar uh, summary anyway, because America. Um, says, Defenders of the city, through the Battle of the Six Fronts and during the building of its walls, um, they go to say that Ephrodite's a hunter, Felwinter, Warlock, Gellion a hunter, Jolder Titan, Perun a hunter, Radagast Titan, which I think is the only one we can really confirm... Um, Silamara Titan, Scoria Warlock, and Timur a hunter or a warlock as well. Right. And they they predicted on the class items that you get throughout the Iron Banner. Um, it says the bond between the Iron Lords was said to be unbreakable, but sometime after raising the walls, the relationship between them fell apart. The events describing the fall of the Iron Lords are not clearly documented, but it seems that Scoria was one of the last remaining. Lord Saladin Forge runs a tournament called the Iron Banner, built to test guardians in an environment less forgiving than the regular Crucible, and a tribute to the Lords of the Iron. Rewards from the Iron Banner include weapons and armor bearing the name of these legendary guardians. So there's that. You know, we do the Iron Banner. It happens once a month. I don't think Bungie's ever... No, wait, they did skip a month Mm -hmm. um, when when, uh, they dropped the Taken King. Other than that, you know, a lot of people look forward to the Iron Banner each month. Um, get good gear. Not really the highest slate level at times, but, you know, it's all about getting with friends, having fun. 
And uh, it's a lot more than that when you get into the lore, which did anybody else with the Iron Banner card? Or? Yeah, I'll take it. Um, so, right. okay. So the first obvious uh, Grimoire card is the Iron Banner card. And the quote on here is from Lord Saladin Forge, hero of the Twilight Gap. And he says, only the strong are welcome here. The card goes on. The Lords of Iron, ancient warriors from the city's founding, have no time for motley coddling. The city remembers Fell Winter and Yolder, Scory and Timur, Radagast and Gellion and the others, for their invincible patrols during six fronts in the wall building. The Iron Banner asks guardians to live up to that legend. Lord Saladin, once Shaq's mentor, runs the Iron Banner tournaments to strip crucible weaklings of their illusions and prepare them for a battle with no concept of fair play. The Iron Banner tests the Guardian and the Guardian's gear in a definitive, relentless mock war. By order of the city consensus and the speaker, Saladin and Shaxx cooperate in administration, and the Iron Banner is technically a component of the Crucible. In practice, Saladin keeps his own schedule, his own rewards, and his own territory in the tower. Now and then, someone tries to get Zavala, Shax, and Saladin to sit down for dinner and sort out their differences, but they remain as awkward and as, as stubborn as St. Fourteen's skull. The, the first point that I want to make is actually really an interesting thing. The, the only names actually specifically attributed to being Iron Lords, or Lords of I always call them Lord, Iron Lords, Lords of Iron, are Felwinter, Yolder, Scory, Timur, Radagast, and Gellion. Those are the only six that I've been able to find that actually specifically are listed as Lords of Iron. Now, we have... Well, it does say, and the others. Right, right, right. And, and I was going to um, say that. And we have, And then we have in the original weapons, the nine names and then the new versions of the weapons there's nine additional names which we'll we'll you know get into in a minute but and then there's actually one extra name also that i i'm i'm under the impression is not an iron or a lord of iron or an iron wolf or anything i think he's just a regular guardian that got caught in the crossfire but um and you know he lost his head but the uh, I, I think it's it's important here to note though that these six are actually the only ones that actually get called out in the grimoire as being lords of iron. Now it's again like you were saying it's it's a pretty good assumption that the other nine or eighteen, depending on how you want to read, and we'll talk about that too. Um, how you want to read that, they are also lords or wolves of iron, but I just. I found that very interesting that these are actually the only six that were called out. Well, also remember that the guy that runs the Iron Banner is Lord Saladin Forge, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty safe to say that he is an Iron Lord, or in his own right at least, if not officially. I, I, would, I would argue that he is not. And that, and the reason, the reason I say that is, we will get to yeah the next card, um, <laughs> the the intro, the intro, the way the way they introduce Saladin in the next card, the Iron Banner Rep card, is the reason why I'm saying I don't I don't think he's actually an Iron Lord or a wolf, or God Lord of Iron or a Iron Wolf. I think that he's just. Did you want to handle that one, uh, Justin? 
Yeah, I'm all over yeah. it. Uh, let's see. Iron Banner rep, Lord Saladin. A hero to the city and a legend in his own right, Saladin Forge led the city's defense during the battle for Twilight Cap. His protégés, Commander Zavala and Lord Shax, now lead the tower's vanguard in the Crucible, respectively. Saladin remains close to Zavala, though his relationship with Shax has been strained since Twilight Cap. The Iron Banner seeks great champions to lead the fight against the darkness. It was born to honor the Iron Lords and their efforts in the earliest days of the city. See, I, I don't feel so bad for calling them Iron Lords now. Yeah, yeah, I think the two are. I think those are two interchangeable names. You can you can go either way with that. But so, like that that first sentence though, that's the reason why I don't think Saladin himself is a Iron Lord because it it specifically calls out that he's a legend in his own right. Well, I mean, he runs the Iron Banner. He he does the celebration of the Iron Lords. Mm-hmm. And his name is Lord Saladbar. Um, uh, yeah, I, so, mean, I and, mean, and we, we've gone. I know we kind of go. We yeah, we went, we went through this, but I figure, you know, it's a little bit fun if we do it in, in the chat, too. Right. But, um, yeah, I remember he was also there for the Twilight Gap, which is where the Iron Lords shined. So I wouldn't completely rule it out. Well, nah. I mean, I know, like, I've got Twilight Gap. Me in chat now, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I know, like, him, you know, obviously, he he was predominantly at Twilight Gap, whereas the Lords were per, more predominantly in the Six Fronts, um, which, you know, Six Fronts happened, okay, so timeline-wise, Six Fronts happened at the founding of the city, and then Twilight Gap was, a you know, we don't know the exact date, but it was afterwards, and it was actually towards the ending of that giant, I guess you could call it, crusade against the Fallen. And it's right before the whole Saint-14 situation and all that. Also, that whole thing happened before the Great Disaster on the Moon, which actually the Twilight Gap what, Twilight Gap and Six Fronts led to the overconfidence, which led to the Great Disaster, because they thought they could take on the world. And they couldn't. But, so, like... And we know that this is where we also learn that the reason why in the Iron Banner card where it says Zavala and Shax and um, Salad, Saladin. God, I keep wanting to call him Saladhead. Lord Saladhand. <laughs> Salad hands? My spoon oh, no, don't. is rusty. No. Um, oh, God. <laughs> no. Why'd you have to bring those memories back? Jesus. <laughs> but but you like is, my spoons? <laughs> <laughs> already derailing. Uh, you like my spoon? <laughs> oh god, such a terrible <laughs> animated. Um, oh, so god. this is where we also find that you know it's not necessarily Zavala who's the odd person out. It's actually Shax and Salad Bar, right? Like they and there's a whole theory about what exactly happened there, but. And Pen, Pins has his whole definition of how you pronounce it. So, but yeah, so that was just my, my, my theory is that he, he is not a Lord of Iron or a Iron Wolf or any of the two because of well, the way that they introduce here. And because 
he specifically said that he's a hero of Twilight Gap, whereas the Lords of Iron were predominantly at six fronts, which is where the Iron Banner was structured to honor them. He is he has taken on the position of honoring them, and he used to be the vanguard. You know, he used to be the Titan Vanguard as well. But, but he's got Lord in his name. I know. I, yeah. <laughs> he holds, like, he literally holds the title of Lord, Lord Salad Hand. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I, it, it's, it's a good point. It, it is a good point. And, you know, like, Rev, Rev just tossed this up <laughs> in the chat. Maybe, maybe Lord Salad Bar is self-appointed. I mean, there's also or, that. I mean, or honorary. Or, yeah, no, no, no. And that's true. It could be honorary or honorary. Depending, because oh, apparently Ornery. they're awkward and stubborn as well. So, because they're titans, you know, they're titans. So. <laughs> hey, hey, come on now. <laughs> um, Hashtag sad but true. <laughs> yeah. So the the other the last the last major Grimoire card that actually kind of really specifically calls out the Iron Banner is the City Age card. And Willie, did you want to take that one? The city, yeah, I can go ahead and I can take that one. I was looking through the other stuff, too. Um, the City Age. When did the City Age begin? Perhaps when the bulk of world survivors lived beneath the Traveler, rather than in the wilderness. Or when the Titans raised the first wall. Or at the Six Fronts, when the city was first, coordinate, fa- first faced coordinated overwhelming attack and repelled it decisively. The city did not rise without struggle. Warlords and wilderness fiefdoms clung to power. Why'd you have me pick this card, Blue? What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> um, starvation, disease, and anarchy menaced. But the guardians held the frontier, and the children of the Golden Age kept the fire burning through the long climb back. Legends walk through this history. The Iron Lords. St. Fourteen's Crusade Against the Fallen. The Mask of the Speaker. The Great Ahamkara Hunt. Toland's Madness, Terrible Faction Wars, and the horrifying, disastrous effort to retake the moon. As the city learned to walk again, it found a world overrun by alien menace. It faced disaster and defeat. Even in recent years, as Guardians begin to venture back to the moon and the inner planets, the city's territory is withdrawn. Outer sections abandoned and converted into fortifications in the wake of the Battle of the Twilight Gap. But the city shipwrights and the foundries hum with energy. The probability kilns and work cooperatives produce new wonders. The darkness is rising again, but so is the light. Which the only thing that had to do with the Iron Lords is it, it showed that um, the wolves, the lords, they're, they're significant. Well, it doesn't really say anything about the wolves, but right. they could be one and the same. We'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and of course, we still don't know anything about the speaker's mask right now. When you think about it, but I guess we'll yeah, get into that on I mean, another. That another was, time, a, you know? that was a, to me, that was a little bit of an interesting like call out. Was the mask of the speaker? I was like, hmm. But I think yeah, it's the specifically other, his mask. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's like, the thing that kills uh, me. You know. But maybe not what's his, so special his about his physical mask? mask. Maybe not the actual mask. Yeah, that's maybe a good point. maybe the the deception. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Well, we all have that feeling. Justin I think everybody has that feeling about him. <laughs> I don't. Who, who does? Who trusts the speaker? Raise your hand. I don't see any hands raised. Thank Even you. Even when I everybody. exchange shards for moats, it's same time. 
Same time. <laughs> you, count, you double count the uh, exchange. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the other thing that I also like about this card is it does kind of give us a sense. You know, I I read it as kind of giving you a sense of a timeline. Right. I I kind of get the feeling that because we know well, and the reason I say that is we know that oh, I just re- your your comment about deception oh, actually just made more sense because if you think about it, okay, Iron Lords, which is six fronts. Saint Fourteen's Crusade against the Fallen, right? That's Twilight Gap or Twilight's End, depending on which card you're looking at. Well, yeah. we know at the end of Saint Fourteen's Legend, the Speaker sends Saint Fourteen to Mercury, right? But it's yes. also pretty clearly indicated that he doesn't tell anybody that that's what happened. So the mask of the Speaker, your your comment about deception. It could mm-hmm. be that that is the mass that he puts on is the fact that he does not reveal what actually happens with Osiris and Saint Fourteen to the consensus in the city. That's his oh, yeah. mask. Yeah. Is that where you were, I, is, is that where yeah, you were going yeah, with that? Exactly okay. Exactly. I was and and I wasn't speaking specifically to any one thing. I was just saying I just, maybe just, they're yeah. speaking of his his figurative mask as right, opposed to his right. literal mask. I just put that together. That's that's a good point. Hmm. The yeah. the only so the only part the only part that I have an issue with on the concept of reading this as a timeline is the the fact that the faction wars is kind of at the end when I think we've all kind of agreed that the faction wars was actually kind of at the beginning of the whole madness because that's what led to the the you know the the construction of the consensus and the vanguard and everything like that whereas right now it seems almost if you follow this as a verbatim timeline which obviously really can't that's putting the terrible faction wars after Tolan's been exiled which we know isn't the process because the consensus was around during Saint 14 because the consensus was the Saint Fort was right there yeah, and I don't think that's a timeline. I think that's just right. A, no, I was just saying. I I think that kind of disproves my idea of reading that as a timeline. Yeah. When when have they ever put things together for you in chronological order? Blue? Never, ever. When? And it drives okay. me up. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. So quit, I know. Wait. I just you know I can I can dream. Okay, I can dream. It's not gonna happen. Um. So real quick before we move on, um. Do we want to talk about some of the name connections on the Iron Lords they list here? Do we? You're just going to... Oh, Justin. No, no, they're just... <laughs> let's do it. Let's say, you know what? Let's well, Blue's finding that. Why don't no, we go can, to... No, Justin's got no, some. You got, you got some, Justin? Oh, I've, I've got it, baby. I've got Ooh. it. No, I, mean, I can I can go off cuff on a few of them. Some of yeah, them are pretty th- obvious. Well, I'll just do the ones I'll just do the ones I found. Okay, and then if you've got anything to add, you can throw it in there. Um, so I've got Radagast is Polish, um, and it's an old an old god of Slavic mythology, um, and the name can be said to mean joyful quest. Um, and it, it translates to happiness and joy, and uh, he's the Slavic god of hospitality. Um, 
and uh, which is really interesting given what his weapon's name is. Exactly. Um, He's which also, is making me think. Yeah, right. it kind of makes me think that the 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 ties between the the Slavic god and the and the Titan are pretty tenuous. But well, but then there's also you know Radagast is also a Tolkien figure as well. Yes, and bird he's got poop giant head. rabbits. And no, and he, he's got bird poop on his head. Um, and he talks to <laughs> he talks to birds and spiders. Yeah. Um, now this one, the next one that I found is really, I think, really uh, interesting. Perun, mm-hmm. per, Perun is uh, in Slavic mythology again is the highest god of the pantheon and the god of thunder and lightning. So I. I'm I'm no uh, mythology expert, but I think this makes him the Slavic Zeus. Zeus. Um, he had a bunch of other attributes: fire, mountains, wind, the oak, iris, eagle. Um, and he actually had weapons. He had the the hammer of Perun, the axe of Perun, the arrow of Perun. Um, but Perun is a hunter. And being the god of lightning, I'm thinking Blade Dancer. Well, okay. Yeah, so before – okay, uh, let's back up. Before <laughs> we go too far down there, whenever we attribute a Lord of Iron to a class and then later when we start talking about my attribution of subclasses to them, it should be noted that is all assumption. There is not it's anywhere in theory. there anymore. It, it's, it's, it's theory. It's but the in the reason why – the reason why we've attributed a lot – and Willie kind of spoke to this – the classes are derived from the fact that whenever one of these these guys or girls or you know these behemoths in the legends are named when they're named on certain items those items when they are class items are always specific to a particular class um so there's a big assumption for perun for example all the items with perun's name on it is a hunter item that it, it it points pretty clearly, so that's where the assumption yeah, for class yeah. comes from. Um, With the, the exception sub- of um, the weapons, which are multi-class, correct. Course. Which is uh, there was an argument, well, not really an argument, a conversation on Reddit um, about Perun actually, because my my assumption is that Perun is either a blade dancer or a night stalker, and that is coming from a couple different of his class items. But one of the responses that I got to that was the um, calling out of his weapon, which is called Perun's Fire. And they said that, you know, actually they thought that meant that he was a gunslinger. And my response was exactly that. My my response is I can't <clears throat> I don't feel comfortable saying that that is specifically a gunslinger because as a fusion rifle it, or no, not a fusion rifle. It was uh yeah, no, it was a fusion rifle. I did remember that correctly. Um, as a fusion rifle, it comes in, in... Well, it also not only is universal to every class, it's also um, universal and elemental. Whereas the class items were very specific in elemental variations, the weapons, you know, could come void, el- or void arc, or fire, or solar. So that was... there. That Perun was actually the example for why we can't use well why in our logic and my logic i wasn't using weapons to describe their classes or subclasses was exactly that so continue 
He's the god of lightning blue. Oh, give well, it up. Um, there, give well, it up. Okay, okay. On Perun specifically, <laughs> on Perun specifically, the reason why I say Blade Dancer and Night Stalker is okay. Mantle of Perun. So okay, there's the mythology, right? Okay, he's the god of thunder and lightning. Very obviously, Ark. The mantle of Perun specifically does call out an Ark. However. The Iron Camelot Grips, which we'll, we'll kind of get into these equipment pieces later, but the Iron Camelot Grips actually specifically call out Hunting the Darkness, which is a very Night Stalker-esque um, attribute. So, without without it being specifically stated either way, he could... I, I mean, I definitely think he's a hunter, and I if you put me in a corner, I would probably say he's going to be a Blade Dancer. I don't uh, because no. of, because I want to point out here me. that the Iron Camelot grips say forged in remembrance of Perun. Um, she who hunted, she yes. who hunted in the darkness where it dwelt. Well, okay, so correct. Per- you Perun there, was a chick. Sure. Yep. Okay. So was Yolder, a, a lady. Um, she was a lady. Willie. Which, which actually, you know, it's interesting <laughs> because a lot of the hunters are presented as, except for nope. Because they weren't specified as hunters, most of the hunters know Cade and Tevis were male, right? And Andal. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the majority of the hunters were female, but I don't think that's actually correct. I know that in the Warlock card, the hunter is a female. But, All right, uh, and on that note, I yep. want to go into Gellion, if we yep. could. Yep, let's do Gellion. Yeah, Gellion, his best, the quote from him, the only quote that we have for him is on a blue helmet called Sea God Said, which is actually a warlock artifact. Right, because it's and, not a helmet, um, it's a head. I don't know if there's an actual head in there, but I digress. There is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what Gellion says is, Thought we formed the banner to fight the darkness, not ourselves. Just don't bode well. That's all I'm saying. Which, I, I think that's pretty awesome, you know. That sounds like that happened around the time where the Iron Lord started to butt heads. Right. You know? And he's like, hey, hey, y'all. Just, just, ch-. And that's right. I see Gellion using y'all. That, that's how cool I think yeah. he is. Well, and we also you know? have the mantle of Gellion. Which yeah, his, his mantle is. I mean, it doesn't really say anything. It just said, well, it's it's well, it says you are an army and an armada, I, a force unto itself. That, well, yeah, the Camelot think, cloak says more about him than that, you know. Right, right. I actually think this kind of speaks to, and we'll get into this later for sure. But it, it's almost like they were more concerned at one point with their little tournament than they were with actually. Fighting the darkness, right? And that's and that's Gillian took argument. issue with that. Well, and that's where my argument that Sagoth actually isn't an Iron Lord or an Iron Wolf. It's, it's. I think Sagoth was actually the catalyst which led to the infighting, because we have a head of a guardian. You know, it, we we I have don't think the, there's an actual head. In well, there. I mean, okay, but it's called <laughs> it's called Sagoth's head. So I'm just going. With that assumption that it is actually a an, an head. I mean, we have freaking Ephrodite's eye, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's not. A, it's not. A, it's not technically yeah, an eye. But and the I mean, thing I do want to point out about Seagoth's head too is when you look at it, it looks like a Titan helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody else got that. It, it's a warlock artifact. Um, you know, the Iron Camelot cloak, which talks about Gellion, him being 
a true guardian to the people. Uh, before that was Gellion's, uh the mantle of Gellion, which was another hunter cloak. And then Gellion's demise is the, the weapon, but... So, Sea God said is a warlock artifact, all of Gellion stuff it, that, you know, describes Gellion is a hunter piece Correct. of armor. And then we have Seagoth's head looks like a freaking Titan head. Right. So, that's all quite interesting, confusing. Makes me want more beer. <laughs> um well, and and so like the 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 other thing, and I'm looking I'm looking for stuff. Gellion does not have any yeah. clear connection to anything that I can find. I've got um, something for Teamer. Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I have something for Teamer as well. But Gellion, I have Bupkis. Teamer's um, feisty. Yeah, Teamer. Well, and if if Justin has the same thing I have, then there's an explanation for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Gellion. I mean, we we're pretty sure Gellion is a hunter for the same so same logic. Um, and then, like Willie was saying, though it's it's interesting watching the blurring of lines i guess you would say between the the classes so you want to go to you want to jump who do you want to jump to next oh you guys have timmer pulled up let's go to That's timmer timmer you want Get to him, guys yeah no uh, uh timmer was actually a uh turco mongol conqueror kind of like genghis khan um he actually had his own Empire, the Timurid Empire, and uh, his own dynasty, and he was trying to kind of bring back the, you know, the the Mongol supremacy that was kind of fading at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to find something that kind of feeds back into destiny. I'm not finding. It. You got anything, Blue? Um, other than the fact that he was, he relied a lot on symbology or uh, symbolism. God, I nearly pulled a boondock saints on that one. Uh, uh, <laughs> he relied Make like a tree and get the <laughs> F out of here. He, it's it, uh, like the, the article I'm looking at right now, it says he relied on Islamic symbols and language, referred to himself as the quote, sword of Islam and patronized educational religious institutions. Um, he was pretty pretty big on converting leaders to Islam, and this is all the historical figure. Um, which, I mean, given given the situation historically that he was in, that's a that's a pretty giant uh, accomplishment. I mean, he's like what estimate that his military campaign caused the deaths of seventeen million people. You know, five percent of the world population. So, I mean, he he was not unaccomplished by any means, but. Um, yeah, it's just there's he he was not a spunky would be a good explanation for this this individual. He did he was a go-getter. And the the iron camelot gloves actually single him out as being a bad mammer jammer cuz it says a uh, forged in remembrance of Teamer, he whom the city's enemies dreaded most, which five percent of the world population that's a that's a not a not a small number so i mean it, i think that's a pretty clear connection for timmer's lash if you would yeah that's so, was pretty awesome he was whipping folks um and that's now as far as the first really have, right 
the first nine, yeah, that's well, okay, so I've when got. we when we say the first nine, let's run through the names real quick for everybody. We have Efforty. We have hang on, let me scroll back down here. Because <clears throat> I have them alphabetically. Hang on. I'm jumping all over. Efforty, Fellwinner, yep. Gellian, Jolder, Radagast, Scory, Tamer, take it away, Blue. So, yeah, Efforty, <laughs> Fellwinter, Gellian, Yolder, Payrune, Radagast, Sil- Silimar, Scory, and Timmer. Now, like we've said, with these nine, we've we've pretty much identified the classes on about seven of them. I I can somewhat confidently say I have a pretty good assumption on the subclass, and I can run through those really quick as well. So for Ephrodite, um, we're pretty sure she was a hunter, and I would go as far as to say that she was a gunslinger, and that is because of the verbiage on the mantle of Ephrodite, which specifically calls out standing in the fire. Thank you. Stand in the fire until there's nothing left to burn away. So solar solar plus the fact that all the items are or hunter class equals gunslinger. Um, fell winter. We know we're pretty confident that he is a warlock. And I would also argue that he is a void walker because of the iron Camelot hood, which specifically says that he stared into the void. Um, Gellion is a hunter, and we do not have anything on him or her or it. We don't know what he or she or what uh, subclass. We have no elemental attribute to try to that. Yolder was a titan, we're pretty sure. I would, I would very, 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 very tenuously posit that she might have been a sunbreaker. The reason I say that I know, I know. The reason the reason I say this is that there is a I don't know where my note I think you're getting it from the fact that her the iron the, the, sash the, the rat uh, Oh I thought you were talking about Faggus called Jolder's hammer. The uh, heavy machine gun. I thought well, that's yeah, where you're yeah, going yeah. with that. Well, the, so there's a oh, thing connection. I know with where the, you're looking at. Yeah, you're looking iron, at the Iron Camelot Gauntlets. Yes, yes. And there is a connection with the Iron Camelot Gauntlets, which say that her hammer taught the darkness fear. However, we also have a heavy machine gun, which is specifically named Yolder's Hammer, which means that I'm not very confident saying that that's, that's not what the connection is right there. That her head. Well, I'd even gun. argue that her iron sash would say it. You know, you're in our army, an armada, yeah, a yeah. force unto yourself itself. Like, I, but, but what subclass has, is that right now? Right, but Gillian oh, has Sunbreaker. the same. Gillian has the same thing on his mantle. Yeah, I mean that's, that's true. That's I mean so I. I want to say Yolder was a Sunbreaker. I cannot, like, with the same confidence level as the other subclasses that I'm looking at, I can't say that. I assume that, I'm trying to remember, is Yolder the one that's the sash has the double axe? Or is that, that was someone mm-hmm. else, right? Yeah, that was Thalor. Thalor, okay, thank you. Um, the mall. Yes, the mall. Um, okay, Payrun, who is a hunter, we kind of already spoke about him as a blade dancer slash night stalker with kind of leaning more towards the blade dancer aspect of it. Um, yeah, we are. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> the only reason I put night stalker was because of the iron Camelot grips. And that's the only reason 
Radagas, which Radagas actually is the leader of the first nine. Um, the reason why is we know that he was the first among his peers per one of the items. Um, he is also assumed to be a Titan. And I would actually go as far to say that he was a, he was a sunbreaker. And the reason why I say that is in the same quote, <laughs> the same quote that Ephrodite had is actually on Radagast on the Radagast Iron Sash. It says it's the exact same quote, so it's again referencing Solar Element, but it's for a Titan. So, uh, all right. Now, my thing with the Radagast, I want to say that Radagast. I'm gonna throw out there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he had his own host. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who had hosts? Only Titans have had hosts. Correct. So well, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna say Radagast, the Titan, confirmed. Well, and we that. also we also well, Drop the I personally think that Radagast was one of the commanders of the Firebreak that led the sortie. Oh, I, that's that's debatable. It is. Um, it is. We debated that in the time. I, I like that theory too, though. So I Radagast can't argue and, with you. Radagast and Jaggy, Saint. I think was. Jaggy was the other one. Yaggy? I thought it was Saint 14. Yaggy. Well, yeah. Saint, uh, I don't know. I know, I'm pretty sure Saint 14 was in Firebreak, but I don't don't know if he was one of the commanders. Uh, I mean, come on. Name another Titan that had butts. Well, that was like Saint's, uh, that was Saint's super. It was like a super headbutt that would crush a kill. Correct, but the at the six fronts with the the sortie and there the, the comment about the sortie, um, there is the mark of the sortie, which is when two firebreak commander. I'm going off the top of my head on this one. Two firebreak commanders led a expedition outside of the city walls and reclaimed five miles of scorched earth, which points to an actual yes. literal firebreak. Which I still I think that's actually love. on point is what that is. I love that is they the firebreak order actually made a fire break um but there's there's the two commanders and the reason why a lot of people attribute jaggy and radagast i'm gonna get yelled at for mispronunciation of that but radagast and jaggy about that is because they both led hosts and um Oh, Jaggy was, was thought to be the only survivor of his host, though, which no, was interesting. Yeah, well, that was from the Lost Seven, which was a different thing. What was the Jaggy was a tells mark. it differently? No, that was from the Titan um, Grimoire card when we did right, Titan. Right, 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 right. But the Lost Seven was um, an event after the Caspian Sea. That wasn't at Six Fronts. No, what was? Oh God. I feel like an idiot. There was a connection that led Eradicus and Jackie to them, and I cannot for the life of me remember. It was a mark. There was a mark. I don't know. I don't know if it was Jackie um, that it connected. I want to say it was somebody else. Anyways, Radagast did have his own host. We know that. Jag- Jackie is not a Lord of Iron, so... Uh, yeah, Jaggy has nothing to do with the Lords of Iron, really. So, Sil... Sil- Silamar Silamar is a Titan. I would posit that he is a defender, and that is because on the Iron Camelot helm, it specifically calls him out for being a wall. Like they, they literally call him the first wall, I want to say. Um or yeah. He he's he's identified as a wall, which anybody who's run into a bubble bro knows that's kind of what they specialize in. Um, Scory. 
Scory is believed to be a warlock, and there is actually, I'm pretty confident in saying that she is a Sunsinger. And the reason why is because Scory has a ton of stuff named after her. Um, we have the Iron Camelot Bond, which speaks of an iron song that she sang. We have an artifact called Scory's Dirge, which speaks of her song of remembrance of her companions, um, which actually also points out the fact that she has distanced herself from her companions. And then we also, and this is the one that kind of kind of seals it for me, Scory's Iron Bond speaks of rising to lift others. And the way you rise is you have wings. And if anybody's ever seen a sun singer activate the super... There are giant wings erupting out of their back. So, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I'm like, a lot of, of that them, does definitely hint to that. I can't disagree with any of that. So, so score score is actually the one that I'm like, <clears throat> I'm the most confident about saying that she is a sun singer. And then Timmer, which we just talked about, is a warlock, and we don't really have any indication on the particular subclass of that individual. So, that all being said, so that's that's the name of what is believed to be the Lords of Iron, six of which we actually have definitive proof of, and then three of which we're assuming because they were all names given to us on the original weapons from the Iron Banner that they were Lords of Iron. Um, like we said before, though, the new weapons actually have a different set of names. And yeah. we it's, don't have any information about them at all. What is it? It's Nerwin, um, yeah. Hack, Hacken. You want me to go through at Ash Raven. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing if I can do it from memory. Okay, you can, um, do, it. You can do it. Nerwin, Hacken, Ashraven, Deidrus, mm-hmm. and oh my lord. You can do it. There's a sniper, isn't it? I can't yes. remember the sniper. Oh, I'm going to have to tap out. What's the sniper? <laughs> Waylorn. So it's Ash- Waylorn. Ashraven, Bredomart, Deidrus, Fenala, Hacken, Nerwin, Tormod and Waylorn. Waylorn. Um, and the only reference that we have on these are on their weapons. So the previous assumption of class and subclass doesn't apply because, as we've kind of already talked about, weapons don't really restrict to class or element or anything like that. And then, of course, we have Borsagoth, which, you know. We don't really know anything about so other than he lost his head or her head, supposedly. It's uh, pretty brutal when you think about it. Yeah, if it what you guys assume to be true, you know, well, we're just but like I mean, okay, but then running around that, with the Titan head clipped on our freaking belt, like which which is just the same as running around with a freaking eye. Or, you well, know... No, well, well, I mean, well, we're talking about a whole head Efferty's. rather than an eyeball. Well, no, no, no. no. And it's that's not, not Ephrodite's eye. That's, that's have true. you seen that? Yeah, it's it's a, it's like a it's like a clockwork eye. Yeah, or it's you know like a you know it's a, an well, ornament. Well, let's, let's talk about let's let's talk about the items that we get from the Iron Banner. Okay, you want to you want to run through them first, or do you want to run through the weapons first? Well, I mean, a lot of them just say that they're forged from the Iron Banner. So, well, um, the yeah, okay, the the class items do. 
Um, there's there's a few really there's a few really fun ones. There are there's a couple. Hit, there's hit a, it. okay. So class items. Let's start with a hunter. Let's just go alphabetically. So hunter first. We got cloak of the iron sworn. Now this one is really interesting because this actually has the maxim of the iron banner, which is basically the mission statement of this whole event. And it is said that those who find victory in the crucible will win salvation for our city, which is interesting because the entire point of the iron banner is to show the crucible quote unquote weaklings, how to actually fight. Um, but so that's, that's the cloak of the iron sworn. That's the only, I, that's the only quote on that one. And then we have Ephra- the the one that we've been talking off and on about, Ephrodite's Eye, which is basically a giant pebble carved with a likeness of an eye. And this is how we find out that Ephra- other than the fact that we have Ephrodite's Spear, which is a sniper rifle, this is also a confirmation that she was a sharpshooter because the quote on this one is, every time she pulled the trigger, an enemy of the city died. And then... We have, and there's also the Iron Camelot cask too for mm-hmm. her. Oh yes, it says yes. Uh, "Forge in remembrance of every deed." She whose keen eye never missed her mark. That's that's a pretty clear sharpshooter right. reference. Well, and we Ephrodite Spear is a sharpshooter weapon, but right. Yeah. And we also know that a lot of the early portrayals of hunters were as as the the ranged, you know, lone wolf sniper protector, like the cover fire. Awesome. Yeah, like the awesome ones. Yes. But Um, (laughs) do you want to take the Iron Camelot cloak? Anyone? 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 Take it, Willie, because I've got mine already lined up. (laughs) You've already got a different one lined up. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing Iron Camelot cloak. It is? No, I love this chat because uh, I actually come up with new... Uh, theories and stuff while I'm looking through these items with y'all. So, uh, the Iron Camelot cloak. And is this the PlayStation exclusive cloak? No, it's not. Oh, wait. Why, well, actually, why don't I get it? Why, why don't, don't I have, have this? <laughs> what is going on? Because the um, Iron Banana does not like you. No, I have the one that matters. But um, Forged in Remembrance of Galleon, he who was a true guardian to the people. So this this actually backs up the idea that Gellion might have actually been kind of the person trying to find a compromise between everybody. Because Gellion seems like kind of a stand-up person. He's almost like a Saint-14 figure here. I'm starting to get the picture that he was kind of the one that was like, okay, everybody calm down. Stop. Let's just, you know, let's just talk about this. Um, <clears throat> but... That was just, and then on top of that, the quote on the Sagoth's head artifact, which we'll get to as well, which Willie already kind of mentioned as well. Yeah, so the, what this kind of gives me, it kind of fuels the, all the speculation about the disagreement or where the discord came from. It says he was a true guardian to the people. It almost makes me think that after all their exploits were over, most of the Iron Lords became more concerned with like all the pomp and circumstance of the tournament, like the iron banner and not so much concerned with actually still doing good. Um, And Gellion might've been the ones who, the one who was like, no, this isn't us. This isn't what we do. We need to be out there fighting the darkness. 
that's complete speculation, by the way. Don't flame me on any any, any media outlet anywhere. <laughs> I I have I have if you know me from the beginning of this podcast when we first started up, I maintain a policy of not being responsible for what I say ever. <laughs> so uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm still looking for a connection Stop. for Gillian because it's gonna bug me that there's no oh, thoughts on that blue on that on that take on it. No, I I actually I I mean I have my own theory <clears throat> that the wool the Lord the iron God I, I will find the words eventually the, the iron, iron wolves the, the iron lords of the wolves <laughs> no um, the iron wolves and. Um, the iron, the Lords of Iron are actually two separate groups, um, which we can, we'll get into in just a minute, but I think that they actually kind of went head to head with each other, but there's also a couple different theories on that. But so let's, let's run through the rest of these mantle of the effort, mantle, mantle of effort, good Lord. And this <laughs> is the one that we are kind of already read. It's the stand in fire until there is nothing left to burn away. <clears throat> and... So there's that uh, mantle of Galleon, which we, I think we already said, yeah, we already mentioned this one as well. Now the inter- the, I'll get into a minute on the interesting thing about the design of these as well, but uh, mantle of Perun, which is the, uh, the defense of my blade dancer theory. It says your mark be made by thunders crack or lightning strike, which is arc. So huh. Huh, it's almost like Perun's a blade dancer. Yeah. Yeah. Shut your face. <laughs> so, no. Uh, next one is um, the Wolfswood cloak. Do you called are, it? Are we? Are we? Yeah, are we? Um, are we going to go down this path? Yeah, yeah. So okay. the Wolfswood <laughs> right. cloak. If if you know hunters, it's all about the cloak, and there's only one cloak to wear right now. There's not. It's the Wolfswood cloak. Um, you've got a giant wolf head. It doesn't get any better than that. But in our darkest hour, the not the. Nine iron wolves emerged from the ruins. Now, this just completely occurred to me while I was reading this a moment ago. What if the iron wolves are the iron lords? Yeah, that's the it, um, that's the. Didn't I say that at the beginning? Yes, I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> listen to it's you. It's a. It's a. It's a theory that <laughs> we've been bouncing around on Reddit for a while. Um, Kex. Captain Kex and I have been talking about it. The um, so there, there's two ways to read this. The the assumption that a lot of people have is that the Iron Wolves are a separate group that came about after the Lords of Iron either either became corrupt or they had already fallen away. Because if you actually read all of the Wolfswood items <clears throat> together, it actually tells you the story of the Iron Wolves. And the way that you need to read them is you read the cloak for, well, okay, you don't have to read them this way, but the way that makes the most sense is that you read the cloak first, the bond second, and the mark the third. And I can read those really quick. So the cloak is, in our darkest hour, nine iron wolves emerged from the ruins. The bond says, under a red dawn, the iron wolves gathered beneath the ironwood. And then the mark says, and beneath its branches, the iron wolves forged an unbreakable oath. So 
This could mean a couple of things. Um, it could mean that the wolves are separate from the lords, or it could mean that they actually became the lords because the arg- the argument I have for them being second or being separate is the fact that it specifies that they formed an unbreakable oath, whereas we know from Radagast's blade, the yellow words, the Lord's oath was broken. However, the argument could also be made that every oath is unbreakable until it breaks. <clears throat> that is what uh, Captain Kex and I on Reddit were talking about, and you know, he had he had a really good point. He said, "There's equal information to support both sides, and we have to support both theories equally until something favors either one in either direction." So basically, until until the producers actually come out and say one way or the other, both of these are actually very viable. Um, I like I said, I actually kind of lean towards the wolves being separate because it kind of seems to me that the darkest hour might have been the great disaster. Um, there are others who say that the darkest hour was actually six fronts, and that darkest hour, the nine iron wolves emerged from the ruins, would be them emerging from the dark age and you know coming together for that battle at six fronts. Um, yeah. But let's be honest, from collapse on, every day probably was the darkest hour for a little bit there. Every day was like the worst day in history for a little while before it got better. Right. And the the other defense for this being a story of the Iron Lords and not just a separate group is actually the fact that in the bond, it says under a red dawn. Now, we know from the Legend of St. Fourteen that the city was deploying what what a lot of older technology you know pre a lot of big technology what they would use for communication devices between armies was flares one of the colors that they did do was you know blood red so devil red or yeah devil red sorry correct because yeah, there was the same house thing. of the devils. So, same thing. But, I mean, then you could, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, you can argue both ways. You could also argue that, you know, the sailors quote about Red Dawns. I mean, it it goes either way. Um, but it does explain why the wolves are a symbol of the Iron Banner and why the Ironwood Tree, which a lot of people uh, assumed was Yggdrasil, which is from the Celtic mythology, um, they a lot of people assume that tree was that, but now it kind of seems like it's ironwood, which I can't remember. I'm gonna have to go look up if that's actually the same thing. But um, yeah, that's what. Oh, uh, skater dad just threw it out. <laughs> same fourteen was a wolf. <laughs> that's a hey, actually skater. I, I I have a similar theory, and it's I'm it's not another opposed to it at all. It's another yeah yeah we we can hear from the cult of pain later. Um, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a very similar one. I'm gonna share during spin full hour. I think you would like Saint as a wolf, right, Willie? Uh, I mean it, it's it's out there, but yeah, you know me, I enjoy my spin foil. It's full spin metal jacket, but that's why I like it. Yes, you get points. So. Um, do we think that the, that the wolves are omitted from the story thus far intentionally? Do we think that there is so little on them 
as an intentional story device, or do we think that it's just it's just a matter of it just hasn't come out yet? I guess my I, question is: Is, is it a think, case of being redacted, or is it a case of just not being fleshed out fully yet? I think it's the case of not being fleshed out fully. Um, the reason why I say that is, you know, from the beginning, wolves have been attributed to the Iron Banner. We just don't know why. I mean, one of the first emblems I got for the Iron Banner was a wolf head. You know, so, so I mean, so awesome. but I mean, but you know, like I mean, it's not like they've been like hiding this the symbol of the wolf. And I mean, for even further back than that, you know, the entire law of the jungle. I mean, wolves are very prevalent in, and you know, we'll get into this, especially with the Osiris episode that's coming up, um, because wolves are very, very uh, group oriented, whereas the, you know, the entire thing with Osiris was very much more self centered. Um and with the Ahamkara and with all that, you know, that nature of that stuff, which actually is kind of ties into my theory about the, the Lords of Iron is I think they actually kind of started putting themselves above the city. And that's what Gellion had a problem with. I think that's where Gellion had a huge issue because we know from that class item, Gellion was viewed as a guardian of the city. You know, he was... He was all about protecting the city. He was all about protecting themselves, like the, them from the threat of the external, you know, armada of alien forces. So if if the guardians who are all of a sudden now war heroes are starting to become self-centered and more about the pomp and circumstance. I think there was someone in chat that said that. Yeah, no, Justin, you actually said it. The banner had the pomp and circumstance, you know. <laughs> I I just saw I saw it going up and back. Um so I mean like but that 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 is actually kind of in line with my theory about what actually led to the fall of the Iron Lords is that they got they they became more focused on the pomp and circumstance of themselves as being important than what actually led them to become the important people that they were. You know, they, for, they quote, for lack of a better word, they forgot their roots. <clears throat> so. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, Pins, Pins is throwing that in the chat. Uh, strength of the wolf is the pack, and the strength of the pack is the wolf. And when you, when you f- forget that law, that wolf must die. Um, now, I do want to put, throw out there that Alpha Lupi actually does some wolfy quotes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that she was a he, she, whatever the hell Alpha Lupi is, is a wolf by any means or, you know, affiliated with the Iron Banner. But right. um, it does say that for the Hunter chess piece, you've heard every last tale of the wolf by now. None of them are true. You are the wolf. Which, you know, pretty, pretty badass quote. And uh, it just goes to show that and that's not, it's just not just Alpha Lupi and the Iron Banner. Like, the wolf is thrown around a lot right. in Destiny. Well, and that's why I don't, I don't think it was a necessary, a, <clears throat> I don't think it's an act of redaction. I think it's just a matter of, you know, you know, let's break the fourth wall a little bit here. 
they, <laughs> you know, in, 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 to be to be fair, it, it's because they have to keep bringing people back into the game as developers. They have to, you know, keep an incentive. So that means that they have to release new content. They have to release new information. And this this actually felt like it was just a you know a furthering a further fleshing out of the legend of the Iron Banner. I didn't feel like this was something like the Sunbreakers where they were like, yeah, we, we you know, you re-erased them because they were bad people. No, I think it was just a more of a matter of this is an explanation. You know, we've seen all these these wolf items in conjuncture with the, the Iron Banner in specifics. And this is why. You know, we have the Lords of Iron. We knew about the Lords of Iron. But now we have this new group, or maybe it's the same group, we don't really know, that is the Iron Wolves. And that is where you get the wolves, you know, the wolf head cloak that all of us hunters really like. You have a really cool mark on the Titan. Actually, the bond is pretty cool, too. I mean, I I think that was more of a fleshing out of the, the myth than there was a redaction. So... Justin, do you have anything? Well, no, that's that's fair because it, when you go back to the Sunbreakers, that actually was addressed in right. game. The redaction was so. I mean, I could see it. It just seemed like uh, it just seemed like you had the Iron Lords, and they kind of touched on them a little bit, and then they said, "There's another group called the Iron Wolves," and that sounds to me infinitely cooler. Um, so I'm just I'm just thinking this is. This really cool group out there we just know nothing about, and just the the conspiracy theorist in me wants wants to think there's a reason. Well, um, I, I mean, yeah. I've got an image in my head. no, I just got an image in my head of them being the lords until they said screw this, we're done, we're done with each other, and then they broke off and we're just wolves like lone wolves. Well, and that's that's another idea too, and you know we know that Scory broke away from them because her dirge was her lost companions. So, I mean, and like I made the point too, that doesn't necessarily, I mean, the other, the other thing is a lot of people assume, so I'm just going to put my own idea out there. Everyone assumes that these guys are dead. There's nowhere in the grimoire that actually says that they're dead. The only person that we have any indication of is actually dead is Sagoth. And that's because we have an artifact called Sagoth's head. Like that—that's the only person that actually currently standing. <clears throat> we have definitive proof from the Grimoire that is dead. We have Dirge, which you know it, it indicate there. There are assumptions to be made, but you can also read that as saying you know they lost their way, they broke an oath, and they are now quote unquote. As you just said, they're lone wolves. They're no longer the Lords of Iron. They are the Iron Wolves. They have gone their own way. You know, it doesn't mean that they are dead. So, I mean, or, there's there's entire possibility that <laughs> Destiny Two, Destiny, you know, down the road, we all yeah, start actually running into these guys. I was going to point out that all the Iron Camelot uh, stuff is forged in remembrance of all these guys, but mm-hmm. well, guys and gals, because you know, there were definitely women in there. But yeah, now that you point that out, that could very well be it. Is well, um, and, you know, Oz Oz is thrown in the chat. The the weapons names, okay. Yeah, that, the weapons that's a good point. names do seem to indicate that they perished. But my my point is is that you know there's some of these that 
Yeah, and pen, pens, there you go. Pens just responded with what I was trying to say. Um, so Pens is saying that could be the demise of those that go up against it. Um, and and it, it's, it's one of those things that, again, it's a theory, but so is them being dead. And so we have to kind of support both sides of these things, even though it does. I mean, I'm not going to argue until I'm blue in the face that they're not dead, but I have to I have to remain open to the fact that they they aren't dead. Or or here's here's a thought. Could it just be that they the Lord's had enough troubles, you know, just the the phrase uh, too many chiefs and not enough Indians. I know that's a little bit. Uh, you know, whatever. That's not not really appropriate all the time. But um, way too many lords and not enough subjects. It might just be that over time, with all the problems that, I mean, that were evidence that the the lords had with the infighting, maybe they just adapted and said, "Hey, nine lords can't run around together, and they're eventually going to butt heads. But a pack of wolves mm-hmm. works together perfectly." And it might have just been the evolution of them into the wolves. Right. I'm not mm-hmm. saying there has to be a, a distinct line between Correct. the two. Well, and okay, let's, let's, okay. So you guys, you guys keep throwing up the, the idea that Saladin is a Lord or Saladin is a Lord of iron, right? Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's take that and let's, here's, here's another idea. So using your, what you just were saying about there being too many Lords. Okay. So we know that Lord Saladin runs the iron banner. We also know that the Lords of Iron had a disagreement about what that Iron Banner was because we have the quote from Sagoth's Head and because what Galian said, you know, well, which is from Sagoth's Head, but also because Galian's, you know, the guardian of the people and the, the entire conversation we just had about the pomp and circumstance. Now, Pins actually puts a really good point up in the chat. They could have just been in argument with Saladin because every single Lord could be running that Iron Banner. And you all of a sudden now have 10 chiefs trying to run this Iron Banner, and you have a dissent between them. They could have just all walked away and become, you know, like exactly what it could all be actually the same. You, you, we could have actually this all actually be the case, right? Because exactly what you said, if a lord is what's running the Iron Banner, and now you have 10 lords, because we have nine, well, actually, we would have. Jesus said nearly a consensus of lords right there. Yeah. Because you have the nine from the original, you have the nine from the second, and then you have Saladin. So that's what, uh, 19. And, you know, let's just, hell, let's just throw Segoth in there to make it an even 20. You have 20 people who are running a crucible event. I mean, geez. I mean, Shax runs it all by himself with an absolute fist. If you have any disagreement between them, you know, this event is no longer going to be a very smooth run event. And so you could have it just, you know, Unisys just put this up. Galleon could have walked away from the Iron Lords and said, you know what? You can have it. I'm not liking what this has become. I'm done. And then, you know, that, you know, that first splinter, that schism just leads to the explosion between them. And they, they could all still technically be alive. And then, you know, I mean, I'm just kind of been, you know, foiling as I go down the hill here, but I mean, that's, that's also a possible too. No, I, I like that. <clears throat> I was looking for, I can't remember the exact quote and I can't find it again, but I do want to point out that salad head would rip your head off. 
if he heard you comparing the Crucible to the Banner. Yeah, well, which is interesting because the Maxim does compare the Crucible to the Banner, which it does. That was the interesting. That's I did kind of make a nod to that. It was like the 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 entire point of the. There's one thing where it's like you have to win by you as a personal person. You have to have personally twenty five hundred points Mm -hmm. and win a match. Yeah, the bounties and yeah, and it says that uh, you know you don't you don't just win. What do you think this is? The Crucible? You have to crush them. And it's like, oh, dude, Saladin, you're brutal. You're savage, dude. Well, but, I mean, so, like, one of my favorite quotes is from a um, year one bounty. <clears throat> it says, release your weakness and embrace your role as a warrior of the light. I mean, that's, like, his entire thing is you will be ground. This is, you know, okay, so a Crucible... An a, a actual crucible is a is literally the burning away of impurities by fire, which is why the um, the banner the the iron banner logo that's why it's wreathed in fire, is because a crucible is what you use to purify metal. You know, if you if you have any metallurgy experience or welding or anything like that. That's what you do. You you take a you take a hunk of metal and you pour it in a, a fireproof bowl, basically, and you heat it up over a, an open flame. Usually, especially in you know medieval times, you would heat this up over an open flame, and the impurities would rise to the top, and you would skim the impurities off the top of this this pool of liquid metal, and then you would take that liquid metal, which is now pure liquid metal. And you would forge whatever you were forging, you know, be it a weapon, be it, you know, um, jewelry, however you want. And that's what a metallurgist would do. That's they, they would use a literal, it's crucible. And so that's, if, if that's the entire point of the crucible, and then you start looking at the iron banner as even more of that, he's taking the already purified guardians that have passed through the crucible. You know, they've survived the crucible, their crucible. They've become quote unquote better guardians. And that is the entire point of the iron banner is to take those purified guardians and make them even more pure to make them even more powerful in the light. And, you know, you can even argue that's also the entire concept between the, t- the trials of Osiris is that, you know, they want the best of the best. This is, this is the towers version of what Osiris is doing with the trials of Osiris, except obviously on larger scale with the tower, because they have teams of six, you know, just from a, a again, breaking the fourth wall, a bigger, bigger group. Yeah. And Unisys has a great example. Crucible makes a knife, the iron banner is the the whetstone that sharpens that to a razor's edge. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm a farrier. I used to be a farrier. So metallurgy was actually something that I did a lot of. And so when I first started playing, I was like, "Oh, it's a crucible." And I I remember actually having a conversation with somebody, and they're like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And I was like, uh, "It's a." Um, it's a crucible. Like that's that's what this is. Is it's it's purifying you. It's making you a better weapon. And yes, pins just brought in Top Gun with the chat. Good job, pins. Yes. Um, actually, I, I I don't understand Shax's objection because Shax and and the Iron Banner don't see eye to eye. I, I think I, I think it's, oh, no, it's more of I think it's more of 
it's not Shax has an objection with the Iron Banner. I think it's Shax has an obser- a, uh, objection to the person running it. Because it's not of whether or not you you can make it out in the wild. Because, um, you know, a fallen captain doesn't care how good your gear is. He's just going to try best to kill you. You know, like nothing's normalized. Um. There's no curve. Right. And I think so. I mean, okay. So trying, I mean, obviously again, stepping out of game crucible. So the main difference between crucible and iron banner, right? Iron banner power matters. Crucible power doesn't. And so I almost want to say that, and I think there's a com. I want to say there was a comment somewhere basically that says, you know, the crucible is basically, training wheels it's showing you how to fight whereas the iron banner is showing you not just how to fight but how to fight without any expectations that this is going to be fair this is true war there is everything is fair you know they there is no overarching power that's saying no 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 play play with the kid gloves you know Iron Banner is designed, and I think, and that was exactly what I believe one of the uh, the Grimoire cards was pointing out was this is designed to be an unfettered war, a mock war, and you know, war is not a place of, you know, your Mida is as powerful as this person's Thorn. It's that person has a more powerful weapon; they're going to win in a fight. Just that's the way that's the way the world works. There's a there's a really great, great quote that's, um, I'm going to have to pull it up now. Hang on. Cause I just thought of it, but it's basically, it's basically kind of what this entire concept is. Hang on real quick. Let me see where I got this. The quote is, <clears throat> if you expect the world to be fair with you because you are fair, you're fooling yourself. That's like expecting the lion not to eat you because you didn't eat him. I mean, that's, that's what I feel is the difference between crucible and crucible. It's like, no, the world is fair. Everything's fair. And an iron banner, it's like, screw that. The world isn't fair. Get over it. We're going to go fight. And that's, you know, that, but I mean, so, but as far as why Shax has a problem with it, I mean, other than the giant philosophical difference in application, I think Shax just has a giant personal chip on his shoulder when it comes to salad head. And I don't think that they have the ability to, I mean, the one that we know, they don't have the ability to sit down and talk it out. Well, you know, yeah, they would break the table and, you know, probably other stuff. Um, and Zavala just and adds that, the awkwardness. I, I do want to point out, though, that as much as Shax would be against the Iron Banner, I guess, he sure does love uh, commentating it still. Like, yeah, he you, know, you get that triple kill, he'll still, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Crush them. I think that's just because he's a titan and he gets his blood up. I mean, I, I do a little bit too. You know, you get that, you get that breaker on a on a fist of havoc, and you're like, yeah. But I mean, old, old Shaq's there. He really, really gets into it for somebody that's not even in the fight. Well, and again, I think that's why I mean is I, I think it's actually more just a a difference of. 
he doesn't like uh, Saladin, and I think and that stems from the fallout. Um, that stems from the fallout at the Twilight Gap. So, which I mean, do you want to do? We want to talk about that a little bit, or do we want to go back to class items? Well, I mean, don't forget that I have my pain theory of the week to put oh, out God. there. No, no, I haven't forgotten. I'm just trying to edge it out. Yeah, what? Let, let's talk about <laughs> some class items. <laughs> let's talk about some class <laughs> items up there. No, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's hit some items, and then let's let's hit Twilight Gap, and then we'll let we'll let Willie have thirty seconds. Yeah, close us out. <laughs> All right, so we got through the hunter. All right, so let's go to the Titan. First, for, Willie, are you okay with that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, okay. I, um, my beer's overflowing a little bit right now, so I'm trying <laughs> to contain it, so bear with me. All right, so... I had the fir- in the freezer just a little bit too long. Oh, okay, all right, well, you know. Um, so Iron Camelot Mark is the first item that comes up for Titans, and that is the proof that Radagast was the leader of the Lords of Item. It says, Forged in remembrance of Radagast, he who was first among the peers of the Iron Banner, which actually kind of goes to my idea of that maybe this this was a peer-run crucible was because they speak of the Iron Banner as kind of, and this was kind of an item that came up in chat. What is the Iron Banner? You know, what, what is, when we say Iron Banner, we, we, the guard, the current guardians, we mean the crucible event, but what is, what was the Iron Banner when these guys were around? Was it a, was it the crucible event or was it a, you know, someone, um, uh, I think it was Libby in chat brought up the point of, you know, the banner holder. Was it actually one of those banners? Was that, you know, their, their sigil? Um, and so I'm starting to maybe think that maybe they actually were a peer run crucible. I mean, do you guys see that? Well, my thing is, um, where is it? Oh, not right there. There is one thing in here that talks about Radagast host. And I cannot find it for the life of me. But I think that it was Radagast one of the ones you were hinting to to being one of the uh, Firebreak leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I was about to say, I think it was somewhere along lines of five miles of Scorched yeah, Land yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. his hosts regained. Um, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It was the, um, oh, it was a mark. And it said he's remembered for the five mile march. Oh, that was the idea. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. talking about earlier. Was I, I was like, I, there, yeah. there, there was an item that connected them somehow, and then if you put them together, they actually kind of made a story. Ah, anyway, okay, but well, but if Radagast so, actually going off that idea, if Radagast had his own host, which we know for a fact, then they wouldn't have had, they wouldn't have met under the same banner, like the pervert, like the actual banner. They they wouldn't have been under the same banner because Radagast would have had his own banner. Well, the way I've always looked at it is that Iron Lords, they were heroes throughout mm-hmm. the six fronts, you know. Yes. Which were. is how they tie in with Pan, our Lord and Savior, which we'll get into later. Um, but that that it could be that they were all doing their own thing because we know there was two Firebreak commanders that broke orders 
did what they felt was needed to win the six fronts. Um, and then you have all these other many quotes about all these things that these people have done. But then we go back to the wolves would mark, the wolves would cloak, the wolves would bond, where you know it talks about them meeting underneath an ironwood tree and uh, forging the iron banner. So I feel like the iron banner, the banner itself, at that point would be more of their their bond as the like, heroes of the city. Like the pact they made with each other. Exactly. You know, yeah. that, that's the way that I saw the Iron Banner yeah. for that point in time. And, no, no, no. and when they say the Iron Banner was broken, that tells me the pact was broken. But Yeah, something happened. Who knows who did what? There's no saying for sure. So you're, you're but, thinking that the unbreakable oath was the Iron Banner? I'm, that's I'm what I'm thinking. thinking. If not... The Iron Banner was another oath. You well, know, it everything points to me to the Iron Banner being a figurative thing, not a literal banner. Well, no, 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 no. And I and I I I completely agree with that. I I do I do think that there was not a a, a literal banner. I mean, there's but, tons of banners, correct, all and, over the place. Well, and I I almost want to say that our emblems are symbolic of banners. Um. Because that's, you know, if you think about it, that's kind of how they, if you turned them on their side, that's kind of what they would be, would be banners. Um, I don't, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I think that the Iron Banner was a crucible, a peer run crucible event. But, yeah, I mean, that's, see, that's my only I mean. argument like, with that is just that, you know, once again, it seems like they're, they're legend was made at the six fronts which it seems like at that time we didn't quite have the walls up yet you know um so i don't think fighting each other to get stronger was the first thing on anybody's mind at that point um i think it was more hold back the fallen because they were the main enemy at that point in time what you got to do, let's get this city safe. Right. Yeah, right. But, you know, teach your own. Know. Yeah, that's, that's the beauty just, of Destiny. Uh, so much spinful, you can just stir around there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So the next the next item is Yolder's Iron Sash, which is the you are an army and armada a force unto itself. Um, which we've we've already kind of talked about there, which is ironic because that's actually the same quote as the mantle of Gellion. Um, now the the next one is the interesting one. This is Radagast's blade, and this is the one that a lot of people point to as the symbol of you know this is the falling out part. And the reason why is because it's a very clearly the image of the tip of a sword now the cool thing i want the sword by the way the cool thing about it is that there's, oh seriously oh god just because of the wolf head there's a wolf head emblazoned among the blade right over the blood channel which just looks really cool but the quote here is so long as the sword was whole the iron banner could not be broken the the case in point here is that like I just said, it's the fragment of a sword. It is not a full sword. So obviously the Iron Banner was broken. Um, well, I, I look at that too as like... Um, 
I just had an idea about that as well. You know, it's it's like you brought up the fact that, you know, Radagast was the first among peers in the Iron Banner. And his his blade breaking would kind of symbolize him breaking mm-hmm. in a way. Or, so that that could be the thing is, you know, Radagast could have been the, the glue along with, I'm sure, others helped too. You know, of course, it was a bond, so they all wanted to stick together. But, you know, when Radagast fell, that's when crap started hitting the fan. You, you know, know it's almost like that sword shattered beheading somebody. Possibly. <laughs> oh, shut up. I just got that. Oh, he didn't behead anybody. He beheaded nobody. Hey, you know what? According to Game of Thrones, you don't pass judgment unless you're willing to swing the blade yourself. Yeah. Don't draw it. You can't put it back until it's spilled blood. Uh, I said that God. specifically for Willie because he gave me grief about something on Twitter earlier today. Apparently, no, Jon Snow is not dead. I don't know what that means, but apparently that's true. Oh, you're going to use Tyrion memes and you don't know what that means? I, I Get the hell out of here. Go watch Game of Thrones right no, now. No, Go read the books. A, ter- terrible, terrible. All right. No. <laughs> At least read the books, dude. I've read the, the books first one. I read the... No, okay. We're going to get off topic on that one. Hey, turn into DOD cast. We'll, we'll talk about the Game of Thrones book. <laughs> I, I can totally derail them without getting... Getting there. Yeah, Pins is yelling at us for crossing the streams in the chat. Um, okay, so the next item is Radagast's Iron Sash. Now, we already talked about this one as well. Um, this is the same as the Mantle of Ephrodite. It says, stand in the fire until there is nothing left to burn away. And so that's where we kind of got the, the solar connection for Radagast. Uh, okay, then after that is Silmar's Iron Sash. Which is also a nod, uh, yeah, kind of a nod to him being a defender. I don't really know how to read this one. The quote is, ward or fist, you cannot be broken. That could go either way. I want to read it as a defender, but I can also see that being a headstrong fist of havoc. Well, we go with the, uh, the PlayStation exclusive Iron Camelot helmet. Mm-hmm. It says, forged in remembrance of Silomar, he who was the last city's first wall. Yeah. Right, which is where Which I, we all I know that the, the defenders are right. looked at as walls. You know? Yeah, and I mean, the fact that it says ward or fist, you cannot be broken. I, I, I don't know. I, I did not use this in my defense of his subclass. I actually used the Iron Camelot because that one is very clear. This one is it kind of almost goes either way. Um, and then the last item in the Titan is the Wolfswood Mark, which we've already, we've already talked about. So moving on to the Warlock items. The first one is a really fun one. It's Fellwinter's Iron Bond. And anybody who knows what Fellwinter, which weapon Fellwinter is known for will get a kick out of this because the quote is, such knowledge is often deemed offensive. That doesn't make it untrue. So it's kind of a nod to so a lie that's yeah. What told. did what did Fellwinter lie about? I don't know, but Deidre's definitely had a retort. Did it? Uh, oh yeah. Do you think <laughs> it was a? Uh, it was. Do you think Shax came up to him and said, uh, <laughs> "Do my furs look good?" And, and Fellwinter said, "Yeah, yeah, you look great. Go out like that. <laughs> Leave me alone." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, so Fellwinter is, is a liar. liar. 
Okay. <laughs> the next one. Which, is, I mean, go, go for that, it. That, go for that, it. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's something that you could look into, though. That it is Felwinter's lie. Um, we don't know exactly everything that happened. Obviously, we don't know what broke the 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 bond that the Iron Lords had, but we do know that Felwinter lied. I mean, we're we're joking about it, right? But it is something to take into consideration. Well, and that kind of that kind of played into my verbal analogies that I was playing with the weapons, and we'll, we can do a quick run through of those after I get done with the warlock items. Because if you match up the weapon names for the... So, like, there's two of each weapon type, um, which means that there's 18 weapons. And each one of them has a name and then a a word. And, you know, you can kind of... On some of them, they're really actually pretty apparent. Others, they're not really connected at all. And I kind of had to do some mental gymnastics to kind of make some of them work. But other ones, I, I even I couldn't figure out a way to connect them. <clears throat> so we can we can touch on that in just a minute. But yeah, Felwinter's lie and Deidre's retort were actually both the shotguns, and so that's why that's where that joke comes from. The next class item is the Iron Camelot Bond, and this is a another one that we've already kind of mentioned. It's forged in remembrance of Scory, she who sang the Iron Song. So I don't know what the Iron Song is, but maybe we can get Dustin to write it for us. Could have been the one that Ooh. she sang to uh, Saint Fourteen, perhaps. Oh no! What? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm so terrified of where that's gonna go. Um, oh yes. So sir. before before we go any further, so we're gonna go to the War Warlock's artifact, which is the one that we've actually talked about quite a bit. Uh, Sagoth's head. Um, you know, in the same in the same capacity that Ephrodite's eye is not really an eye, it's a stone carved to look like an eye. Actually, now that I'm looking at this image, I can see what you're saying, Willie. It is it does actually look like a stone carved in the form of a Titan's helmet. So Well specifically, um in her most light. Oh yeah. No, it looks like it, an iron it, it's helmet. A, it, it's the specific um Yeah, I can see that. I, I want to bring up the specific pattern that the Titans loved so much, and I can't even think about it right now. And I'm not even going to try to look it up because I've got so much other stuff on different tabs. Actually, you know, the more I look um, at that, is that a is that an ironwood tree carved on the visor? It is. Okay. It is. Is that yes. okay? That's what you're talking about, Justin. I thought it was yeah. the innermost light helmet, but yeah, you're no, you're you're right. That is that's an ironwood tree. Huh. Okay. So the quote on this one is. A quote from Gellion, and it says, Thought we formed the banner to fight the darkness, not ourselves. Just don't bode well, is all I'm saying. So. I'm still trying to look it up. Because now I've, I've got, no, got another tab open. That's why my stuff moves so slow. Um, Thanks, Blue. I appreciate it. Yeah, Any, Blue. Anytime. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what it's I'm getting for, blamed for. It's not but, for okay. steel. Is it field tissue? What do we do? What? It, no, it's not field tissue. Damn it! What are we talking about? What is he talking oh, about? I have no idea. What are we? What are we talking about? Is there, he there is a general. There is a general type of pattern that the Titans like to use uh, ever since oh, the beginning. Roman. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! 
Are you talking wait, about wait. the symbol? No, it's a pattern for armor. Um, field plate. Yeah. Field plate. It's field plate. That's what it looks like to so me. Confused. It looks like field plate. It looks like a field plate helmet. Right. Yeah. Or but, at least the, that But if you pattern. remember, if you remember year one Iron Banner, uh, the Iron, uh, the Iron Regalia, I want to say, um, it was the standard Titan helmet, which is the Barbute helmet variation but it had the ironwood tree emblazoned on the visor and if you look on that if you look on the image of Sagoth's head the stone that's what Justin and I were saying is the stone has a etching of that tree on the visor because I mean if you look at if you look at Scory's dirge right it's a ring the Scory's dirge has the vanguard um, crest emblazoned on the top of it the little coat of arms Oh, I did not notice that, no. I'm looking at it now, though. So you, me. Oh, crapola. (laughs) Uh, Justin's teaching us all. Yeah, no. Look at that. I'm actually actually leaning towards if this is a stone-carved head. Maybe he's not dead. No, not only is maybe he's not dead. But I think we can almost say he was an Iron Lord or an Iron Wolf. He was somebody somebody worthy of making a statue of. Oh. Yeah, but unlike Nocris, we actually tore this one down. Yeah, yeah. And then and then oh that's <laughs> a good point too. There? And then <laughs> and then somebody worthy of defacing said statue. So oh. uh-huh. 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 We're going to get in trouble. Oh, I do see the tree and see outside now, too, now that I'm looking at you it. See that? See? See? Yeah. You, you're talking to someone and here. It, who's, it definitely who looks like it's carved out of stone, too. Maybe wood, but I'm leaning more towards stone. No, it's definitely see stone. said. It's definitely stone. No, you're, you're talking to somebody who combs through every single freaking image. Trying well, to find okay. something to use, and when I mean, you look okay, at that so- <laughs> too, I mean that that's that's the artifact for a warlock, Seagoth's head, yeah. and then it has Gellion talking about how you know we're not oh. supposed to fight ourselves, right? That that's is confusing. The, I mean, it, it, is. It, it, it is. That's what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode too. Well, it kind of seems like uh, it seems warlock like a, it might seems have been like, the one that yes. would have taken Seagoth right. out. Well, or and the warlock was, was the one, one that, that kind of brought everything apart. Or, or the warlock was the one that defaced the the statue of Seagoth. and Gellion's and then, grave. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, or got it. <laughs> and then, yeah, Gellion's just commenting on it, right? Like lamenting, oh, we, you know, we're like supposed maybe to be fighting the darkness. It's not each like other. the uh, you know the the college school rivalries where they deface the mascot statues. Maybe the Iron Lords had, you know, in like a Colosseum-esque, you know, fight where they would be having statues on the outside. And a warlock came around and was like, you know what, I'm better than you and took his head off, literally took the statue's head off. And Gellion's response was exactly that. He's like, you guys are taking this weight. You're, you're taking it out of context. This is getting to a point where it's more about showing each other up than actually what we set this up to be is to protect the city to make the best warriors out of all these warriors is to make them all better warriors. And you guys are taking it to a point where it's a, it's a a bread and circus act. Yeah. I could see that. 
I could see that. Maybe maybe the statue of Seagoth kind of embodied everything, all of the, you know, well, aggrandized I mean, I, I almost, pomp that the Iron Banner had become. Right. And I mean, but if even going further, I mean, I'd almost be curious if, if we ever actually get to go into the city, I'd be curious if there aren't statues of these legends. In in various you know plazas and you know think think of Rome right you know Rome has all statues it's the city of statues and you know it's, they have statues commemorating everything they have triumphs they have victories and all these things what if they don't I mean throughout the city what if there's these memorial statues and this is actually something that's you know in during a an invasion or during a battle they actually did do that in medieval the medieval world they would deface these statues because they they were actually you know symbolic of the immortality of those legends and one of the ways to destroy it was to actually just to physically destroy that that memory unit you know i mean look at look at uh uh uh, Spain during the Muslim invasion during I think it was the 12th century or the 13th century they they raised cities and they actually built their mosque on top of the same holy ground that the the churches had done and then when the crusades came back and reconquered they did the exact same thing they destroyed the edifications of those those memorial places and they 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 built stuff on top of them to show them superiority their superiority to that culture that they had just defeated and so that might be more of a sense was you know or you know and that's what whisper just may have said too is he said that might not be a sagoth's hole in the literal sense but in the figurative sense sagoth was the one who ripped the statue's head off i mean it's uh there's there's a giant rabbit hole that i'm just gonna have to cut myself off from going um, on exploring <laughs> pins pins just dropped my no, spin no, theory oh don't, no, don't no he just did he just did uh, so i have a spin full <laughs> theory with with very little to no um, factual <laughs> basis. So this could be real quick, and, and this is just this is just a story a storyline I would like to see happen. What if what if uh, Dregden Yor had been commander of the Iron Wolves, and the reason and this is kind of why I was asking if you thought they had been redacted or if they just weren't in yeah. there yet, because what if the reason there's no mention of the Iron Wolves, you know. In, in relation to a lot of the, you know, the, the Iron Lords are well documented. What if it was because he was their leader and they kind of redacted their exploits along with his? Nothing else. Nothing else to support that whatsoever. <laughs> Go! Okay, let's talk about Scory's dirge before we get ourselves in more trouble. Um, oh, we kind of... Wow. We kind of... <laughs> We kind of already <laughs> talked about this a little bit. Um, Scory's Dirge is a warlock artifact. And the quote says, They say she's apart from the Iron Banner, yet she sings songs of her lost companions, which might be a nod to that iron song that she's singing. So so this is, this is really weird. The artifact's called Scory's Dirge, mm-hmm. and it's a freaking ring. Mm-hmm. It's a Vanguard class ring. Yeah, did you did you see the crest on that? Yeah, that's the Vanguard crest. Like that's right. the 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 little shield that's got mm-hmm. all the class all the symbols in it. And it's got a blank space for the new class. 
Um, which is really, really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so, uh, yeah, it's so annoying. Um, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, well, but I mean, it's the fact that, so it almost seems like, you know, maybe the Iron Banner was a faction in a way and she went back to the Vanguard. She broke her allegiance with the Iron Banner and she went back to being a, a guardian in the truest sense. Yeah, yeah, because the Iron Banner, as a peer-run Crucible faction, would have been an, a faction that could have been part of the consensus. And let's just continue down this road. They got broken <laughs> apart because of blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Then the Concordant took their place, and we all know how that ended. And Lysander is Savathun confirmed. Oh God! Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Scory's Iron Bond. Uh, this is again. We kind of already talked about this one. This is the the for me. This is the definitive proof that Scory is a sun singer. And it says, "Rise above, so that you may lift those below." And I, I, you know, maybe this was kind of you know in the same sense that Gellion's quote. Maybe this was her quote that she kind of followed, and this was the reason she took, she stepped out of the Iron Banner was because, you know, her entire thing was we need to lift those below us up. And the Iron Banner was becoming too elitist or too self centered. And just the same as Gellion was like, I thought we were supposed to fight the darkness, not ourselves. She's like, I thought we were supposed to help those around us, not just help ourselves. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she wanted to like Sherpa people through Crota, and uh, everyone else was trying to kill everybody. Well, we know who. Sh- yeah, okay, never mind. We know how that <laughs> Sherpa event went with Crota. Maybe it should have been Scory instead of Tolan that Sherpa'd them. Yeah. Oh, he went there. That's yeah. Bad. No, Tolan would be a good Sherpa for for like the division. It's just yeah, come in. Come in here. Let's, let's. So Toland is coming Thorn. to the dark zone. Toland is Thorn confirmed. <laughs> Put oh down your gun. God. Have a seat. Relax. We're all friends um, here. All right, right. Willie, you got five minutes. Let's do it, Willie. Oh, I have longer than five minutes. <laughs> I have as much time as I want. You already gave me time. Now it's over, buddy. All right. So the the. I had a lot of trouble, actually, with the whole pain theory this week. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, because I do want to try to make these as realistic as possible. What? <clears throat> I, I try. It's not always easy. And at first, I was thinking I'd throw Scory in there. Because, as we've mentioned many times over now, Scory was most definitely a uh, sun singer and when you look at the the quote that I have for Payan where where I first found our lord and savior Payan it was from the mark of the beacon which said a singer came to me and <clears throat> said you protect me and I do nothing and I told him to sing and he understood and uh, at first, I was thinking, okay, well, 
Scory is obviously a sung singer. This would be easy to put in there. And Scory is obviously a female. Most obviously. Don't you face palm blue? Don't you face palm? You drink, but you don't face palm. I see you. I have to remember that you have the stream up now. <laughs> okay. So back to it. There is Fellwinter. Sure, Fellwinter was a liar. But other than that, what else do we have about Fellwinter? Fellwinter is very Osiris like. Such knowledge is often deemed offensive. That doesn't make it untrue. Do we have confirmation that Fellwinter was a male? No, not really. But for all extensive purposes of this week's pain theory, we'll say that Fellwinter is a male. Um, yeah, he looked into the void, but I mean, who the hell doesn't look into the void? Especially if you're a parent and you just kind of stare into space sometimes. I consider that staring into the void. <laughs> like, wow, I'm going to have to do this again and again. So, anyway. I blame Bife. <clears throat> whoa skater dad because men lie no we never lie what are you talking about guy uh (laughs) so we'll say that fell winner especially with them being a liar um when you look at a liar you also look at them as kind of being a coward because they just can't own up to things so we'll say that Fellwinter did something. Crap hit the fan. He, instead of fighting, went to go cower in a corner. Saint came to his defense and, in amazement, said, You're protecting me, and here I am just sitting here like a uh, uh, not useful person. Almost said a bad word. And Saint said, well, you know, you're a sun singer. Sing. And maybe that's where Fellwinter Starbrink uh, actually made his legend. Snapping out of it, protecting Saint-14. Or at least helping Osiris protect Saint-14. Can't wait till we redo Osiris, by the way, because I've had that pain. That, that's the original pain theory for real. Oh, God. It is in the Osiris story. Is the the actual pay in theory I retort you sir yeah you listen to Kashin you stop that <laughs> I'm writing them down so I don't forget them <laughs> oh my god so, so keep going I think I missed it I think I missed it Fellwinter is paying confirmed there we go oh he's he's Fellwinter yeah I don't I'm Oh, because he's a lot. Oh, okay, I'm gonna have to listen well, to this one again. Well, I no wait wait. wait, wait, wait. If I was gonna pick an, <laughs> I mean, I rambled a uh, little bit, but no, I no. That, I so. thought you were gonna go with Scory and yeah, I yeah someone the problem, the, made pay. I wanted to go with Scory so bad because it's so obvious that Scory is a sun singer, <laughs> but Scory is most is most definitely a female as well. So that completely ruins the fact that. Saint fourteen told him to sing, but I and think he understood. I think and I do want to point out, <laughs> pain transcends everything. <laughs> and th- this is true. 
So, I mean, who who knows? Honestly. <laughs> no, that's officially... Okay, just for the record, we have, we have officially broken pins. I'm so. pretty sure he slammed his head on his desk so many times that... that uh, he's now... No, I don't. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> going back... No, just okay, not on, paying on, casualty. I wanna, I wanna, no, it's wanna, a payentality. I want to talk about verbal analogies. Do it. Never. Okay, because weapons. So <laughs> let's look at the weapon names just real quickly. We still have, we still have a little bit of time, <clears throat> which... The the reason why I I actually even had this idea was I started putting all these notes together and I started looking at some of these and actually the one that really stood out was the shotguns. And that's actually what kind of started the thought in my process that maybe these weapons were actually kind of a, you know, they kind of told a story in and of themselves. As I've said, the, there are some that are not very clear. Um, I so what I did was I took the uh, year one weapons and I broke them out by type, and then I took the year two weapons and broke them out by type, and then I compared the two. Um, and so what we have is, for example, assault rifles. We have Hakan's Hatchet and Silamar's Wrath. So what then I did was I took the name out. All right. So now we have Hatchet and Wrath. Um, on the surface, okay, here's here's where it kind of gets tenuous. On the surface, there's no connection there. Um, my wife kind of laughed at me when I showed my mental gymnastics that I took on this one because when I see those words put together, the way I read it is it's wrath and then hatchet, but it's a saying of burying the hatchet or to forgive. So it's a it's the opposite. Um, like I said, tenuous connection on that one. Wow. Yeah, I I'm not. I okay. It's a stretch. Okay, I will not. Yeah, I will not just said that. Yeah, chat. and that's yeah. because that's that Kashin is my wife, and she will make did fun you, of me for all this. Did you sprain something? No, no, no. This is this is what I do for fun. So verbal analogies. I'm used to kind of stretching to find connections between them. Um. The hand cannon ones, I got nothing. I have, I, I mean, I, I might have something, but, eh. um, so it's peril and lash. Yeah, they're not opposites. I mean, the no, and they don't correlate no, real good they, as they really as don't. Synony- yeah, yeah. Um, so okay. Well, so. I mean, you got peril. You know, to be in peril, of course, is to be in distress, so on right. and so forth. And then you have lash, lash which, which when I think which, of lash, I think is to like lash out. Right. I mean, like, like I, I um, yeah, exactly. I can I can see that connection, but it it you yeah, it's another stretch. Right. We can agree on that. Yes. Okay. Right, Willie. Hell yeah, Penn. She's a saint. She deals with blue on a daily <laughs> basis. All right. So pulse rifle is mercy and revenge. That one's clear. Those are. Clearly opposites. They're clearly opposites. Okay. So we don't have to worry about that one. Uh, Scout rifle is duty and demise. Duty. I mean, I can... can, That can can, tell a story. That can definitely tell a story. About duty. You do your duty and you're you're faced with your demise. I mean, I, I can definitely see that story. Um... Flight and fire are the rifle. 
Um, that's. Eh. I mean, I can see a connection there again. It's going to be a stretch. Um, those are the fusions. Yes, those are the fusions. Uh, and then shotgun is retort and lie, which is a pretty clear connection on those. Mm-hmm. Right? Because um, okay, that one's obvious. Sniper rifle is spear and march. I like that one. I, I mean, I see yeah. a connect. I see a connection. I don't. Again, it's a stretch of a connection because. <laughs> well, no, not really. I mean, it's, okay. Well, what's what's your connection that you see? My connect. I'm picturing an army marching with okay. spears. Yep. Okay. I'm the same. I'm on the same page. Then that's that's yeah. exactly. What I mean, I was I, I'm not saying it's a literal connection. Oh, no. I'm just saying it's not a big. It's not like you said. Well, spear, spear. With you know, is this and then that's that, and that you didn't go for through five levels of Kevin Bacon to get there. That's spear and march; they go together. Um, the side iron or the sidearm is absolutely useless, other than just connecting hockey to the iron banner. Well, there wasn't a yeah. Well, there there, there was, wasn't there was a, a sidearm in year one, which is you know, and and that's not like a hockey. Uh, Iron Banner connection because hockey makes every sidearm ever. Do they? I don't. Yes, yeah. I don't every, use sidearms. So every sidearm that's ever been made. In the well, game but is this a one was <clears throat> this one was made specifically for the lords, right? Yeah, a versatile yeah, sidearm forged by Hake for the lords of the Iron Banner. Yeah. So it actually, actually, that okay. See that again. I'm I'm reading that as this is a position on a panel. And if you're if you held like a ceremonial sword, this is a ceremonial sidearm. You know, like uh, I'm not in the yeah. military, so I'm going to butcher this example. But don't aren't there ceremonial handguns given out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to get in trouble for completely butchering that example. But um, okay, so then we go to the heavy. And that's heavy machine gun is the hammer and the stand, which I see a connection. But as we've established, I am a farrier, so I it, it's the anvil stand and the hammer, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then rocket launcher is the fury and the bellows. And I mean, there's a couple different connections there. Um, you know, bellows. As in the the bellows that you use to uh, heat a fire to make a fire hotter, which is usually what I kind of attribute this one to. Um, but then also, if someone's angry, you know, yelling would uh, be a bellow. Yeah, I mean, so so like I said, some of these are completely you have to like stretch. Um, others are really, really easy. And then the weird thing is some of them are complete opposites and some of them are actually almost the same. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, was it, uh, spear and march and. Yeah. Spear and march. And then. Frigga, 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 frigga. Uh, hammer and stand. Well, not hammer and stand actually kind of. Actually, Spear and March, I think, were the clear. Oh, Peril and Lash. That was the other one. Yeah, yeah. Head and Desk. Yeah, that's Pins. Pins and Willie. <laughs> pins, Head, and Will. Never mind. We're not going down that road. 
All right. So, I mean, that's that's kind of everything I, I no, yeah. have from the chat. I don't think there was any other big events that we talked about um pay and shirts that's a thing that's being talked about right now we will we will get to that um we're gonna comment on that (laughs) we will comment on that actually i think i'm just saying if kashin demands it it should be done (laughs) that's all Uh, i'm saying don't say that too loudly (laughs) you might might put oh she heard me yeah i know you might put ideas in her head He's, he's breaking down conditions, Blue. That's what he's doing. Um, so uh, I think we're ready to wrap her up. All right. Um, Let's do some shout outs. Go ahead, Blue. You're first. Okay. That's right. Well, as uh, some of you in the chat might already be aware of, um, we actually, you know, Justin and Willie are going to probably comment on this as well. Um, we actually hit a big milestone for us on Podbean, and as a celebrate, well, the milestone was we actually surpassed ten thousand downloads of the podcast, which kind of blows Ow. blows our mind. Um, yes, to, to 10K not, hype. yeah, we, <laughs> which is already passed. Um, but in hype. order to kind of you know just say thanks for that, we I actually have a loot crate and I'm giving it away and I have until tomorrow to pick a name. So what I did was I threw a poll up in the chat and I'm just asking anybody who's interested just to go in and vote yes. Just say hey, I'm interested. Um, there is a condition uh, loot crate whenever they do these things. You can't already be subscribed to Loot Crate for whatever reason, and so that's the condition. So, um, and and Blue, I just wanted to reiterate here. So, if if you're in the chat right now and you're not in the band, this is a good, really yes. good excuse to just come on over. And, and I do want links. to point out also, it's an extremely good excuse, especially yes, because the February Loot Crate is The Walking Dead. And, and Deadpool. And Deadpool. Which <sighs> is, oh, I'm so looking forward to this. I can't wait. Two of my biggest fandoms together in one loot crate. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, oh. and then Loot Crate announced their loot gaming crate, too. And so it They happened. did announce that I'm this like month, and I've been, I've been eyeballing it. Because it I'm has like, Skyrim in it. I'm like, no, I shouldn't spend money. And, so. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, it's totally worth the money. Um. Um, so the link, I just threw the link up in the stream chat right here. Uh, the link on the website is actually off to the left. We have a, we have a list of links and it's just the focused fire chat link. Um, just click that and just let us know that you came in from the the stream or the website, whatever, and we'll get you in. And like I said, I'm going to take, I'm going to put the poll up until the end of tomorrow. Um, and then... Actually, yeah, I have to. I'm I'm trying to push as much as close to the deadline as I possibly can, but still give you guys enough time to turn it in and get that information activated. Um, so there, so that's that's part of what it is. So thank you so much to everybody. That's that's huge for us, and we are extremely thankful for that. Um, I also really want to give a big thank out. Um, Guardian Radio, they had a guest caller uh, this last episode who actually gave, had a really, really big, a lot of kind words for what we do. And 
I just wanted to say thank you, Ryan. Uh, that, that Ryan hype. Yeah, he. I, I. I believe I know who you are on Twitter, but I didn't want to single you out on Twitter in case I was wrong. But thank you so much. Um, it meant a lot hearing those kind words. So that being said, I'm going to pass the torch over to Justin. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is going to be kind of redundant, um, but <laughs> <laughs> big shout out to Guardian Guardian Radio. Um, 150 episodes. That's awesome. Uh, they're they're kind of what I aspire to as far as what this podcast can be. Oh, obviously we deal with different subject matter, but um, as far as a production level and a longevity, uh, they're awesome. And they also have some of my favorite people on their cast. So great, great job. Keep up the good work. Um, I want to give a big shout out to Mike from Planet Destiny for being an awesome guest last week. Um, if you guys look in our archive notes from last week's stream on Podbean, uh, you can find out where to find him. He, he's got great lore content coming out pretty regularly. Um, and uh, also, I want to put an open call out for Spinfoil, new and used Spinfoil. I'm going to be coming out with a YouTube um series that's going to be called the spinfoil corner and basically people are going to email blue spinfoil theories and uh i'm gonna kind of do a mythbusters thing i will try to um confirm or deny their spinfoilness <laughs> so it's gonna be fun so anyways keep keep a lookout for the youtube channel for that um, there's gonna be an intro pretty soon to it Anyways, on to you, Willie. All righty. Um, of course, as always, big shout out to Foxtrot. Love you guys, always and forever. Um, the chat, which, you know, that that's one of the highlights of my week every week. I don't care how pathetic that makes me seem. Um, being able to get in this chat and nerd it up with everybody and share the theories is always an amazing experience of course i want to go ahead and put in on that 10k hype because (laughs) 10k hype hey did you guys uh, think that 10 people were going to listen to this when we started no 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 freaking way (laughs) well i I I doubted it it. 10 times but thanks mom (laughs) thanks mom And then, of course, we have to uh, take a moment of silence and thank the cult of Pan, because Pan is always there for us when we need him. (laughs) (laughs) Because Pan has always been there, and he always will be. So it is written, so it will be done. Pay and be with you. Oh, Pay and be with you all, my people. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I don't. I don't. Uh, <clears throat> well, I mean, you guys are gonna well, just wait until I get a cam where, like, I'm wearing robes and stuff. Then you're really gonna freak out. <laughs> oh no! No 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 Blue, he's gonna be dressed like uh, like Thulsa Doom oh, from God. the Conan movie. 
I'm going to be dressed like Brother Vance, <laughs> except purple is what it's going to be. Instead of gold, it's going to just be a purple robe like Vance's. Oh, God. No, no. Now no, there's no, an no, image. No, no. It's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we'll begin to wrap up tonight's chat. Thank you again to those over in the chat for coming to spend the evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash chat. Uh, links to all our sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the Podbean site, which is focusfirechat.podbean.com. Um, we are also starting to push out a few of our YouTube center projects off the ground. So we're going to, that's going to be including the lore 101 series that we've been talking about off and on, as well as the new idea from Justin that he just spoke about the spin foil corner, which, uh, should prove to be extremely interesting. Um, so please feel free to email questions or theories or anything of that nature to focusfirechat at gmail.com. Um, please be sure to check out the YouTube channel as well to stay up to date on those releases. We're hoping that they're going to go live soon. Again, all those links are on the Podbean site. We do try to keep to the scheduled Wednesday night streams of the chat starting at approximately 10 p.m. Central. But if we do have any variations, we always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account, which is just at Focused Fire Chat. So until next time, the lore band marches on. You got it right. <laughs> <laughs>